0: Hey, this is Alan and Dave, and before we start today's episode, we wanted to tell you about a great website called onefinalserenade.com that is full of Billy Joel research including YouTube video links, hard-to-find audio, background info, and commentary for every Billy Joel song
1: and album. It
0: compiles Billy Joel info from the web and print and puts it
1: all in one convenient place. We've regularly used it as a resource when doing research for our episodes. And although we did not do so in the past, we'd like to give the site some much overdue credit and attribution. Many times, research stated on the podcast was learned from this site. In certain cases, some things said on our podcast were quite close to, and in some cases, even directly taken from what was written on the site.
0: Also, some single cover images used on our social media were actually created by One Final Serenade, and we should have given attribution when using them.
1: For all of this, we apologize to One Final Serenade We should have gotten it right the first time. And thanks to One Final Serenade creator, Eugene Pack, for working with us through this corrective process. And now, back to the show. This is Billy Joel, and you're listening to WIOQ in Philadelphia. Artists who died... Are guaranteed a place in our hearts. Perhaps. Well, it's the old romantic, you know, the James Dean cut short, yeah, the prime of his youth before he had a chance to degenerate and age. And I don't yeah. buy that stuff. I think yeah. I don't think you have to die to remain. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't suggesting. I to, <laughs> I'm sure, CBS has an album in waiting with the black border around it. You know, next motorcycle accident, we go with this one. You know, where's the orchestra? Is what I want to know. Okay.
0: Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Jovescow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Where's
1: the orchestra? Wasn't this supposed to be a musical? Here I am in the balcony. How the hell could I have missed the overture? Welcome to another final song off an album that actually is the final song off of the album. As today, we are discussing a Billy Colt classic in Where's the Orchestra? The final song off the fan favorite album, The Nylon Curtain. And the only song in the Billy Joel official catalog to end in a question mark. Where's the orchestra? was never released as a single or even on a B-side. It appears nowhere else, and yet it's a lot of people's favorite Billy Joel song, including Christy Brinkley. There's really nothing else to say about this song, except that it is a beautiful mix of music, lyrics, and an allegory about reaching adulthood. Not Dave Juskow adulthood, but I guess what people think adulthood is supposed to be. And yes, of course, there is much more to say about it. But we'll get to that as we say hello to Alan Altman and have him guess the rankings, which seems with all the album things and everything, we just don't seem to do anymore. So I'm excited today that we have just a regular old-fashioned song. So Alan, what do you think our friend Christopher Bonanos and Glenn Gamboa think of this song? I would just say because they are pretty close.
0: Okay, I think this is one of those hidden-type gems that they like to put high up because it's got a lot of good qualities to it. So I'm going to go pretty high here. I'm going to say 19.
1: You are wrong in every aspect in the sense of I I was very surprised. This is including Christopher Bernanos, Glenn Gamboa, and the fans. This is very surprising. Now, after hearing the song again and enjoying it very much, Christopher Bernanos puts it at 53, and Glenn Gamboa has it at 42, and the fans have it at 85. And Who are these fans? I don't know, but it's a site where they made a vote and then they take it and this is what it came to. So anyway, the Christopher Bonanos one, he says, the performance on the album is a little low energy, but it has interesting lyrics with an unexpected callback to Allentown buried in the last verse, which I got to say, I either didn't know about or completely forgot about. And boy, was that cool.
0: so when you heard it you were like what the hell he's ripping off his own self
1: no when I heard it I didn't even hear it I wasn't paying attention I was listening to the song and I just wasn't paying attention to the end and then when I read about it I'm like wait I gotta go back and hear it and then when I it it flowed for me I, I didn't notice it which is I guess what he probably wanted and then yet when I heard it back I'm like oh my god that's fantastic
0: Yeah, it blends in so well. It just fits the song like perfectly, you know, because you think of um, like on The Stranger where it calls back to The Stranger at the end of uh, Everybody Has a Dream. Exactly. In that case, like the song fades out completely and then The Stranger thing reprises. So that's different. This one, it's like really part of the song very nicely.
1: Yeah. And it really puts a, a great coda, I believe is the term you usually use on the album as a whole, which, of course, we'll be talking about next week. Uh, I just want to say what Glenn Gamboa said, because it's interesting. Long before he would win a Tony, Joel offered up this poignant, well-crafted Broadway musical number about managing expectations at the theater or, you know, (laughs) life. You know, it's funny. Here we are again with Billy Joel telling us uh, how about growing up in adulthood. It seemed like that's all he ever did in the starting from this album onward. (laughs) He only said growing up stinks like every uh, besides an innocent man which still is kind of like well this is how it used to be god the guy just told us about how how horrible it is getting old <laughs> everything you know we didn't start the fire it's all it's all just ah a nuts. I'm yeah, I mean,
0: right. This one is like, even if you achieve your dreams and become a music superstar, you'll still feel pretty sad and like, well, I'm not happy. I'm still depressed. What's going yes. on?
1: Well, I understand about that, of course. But let me just say about when I reheard this song. Now, obviously, I, I've definitely heard this song before. I'd forgotten how it goes. Maybe I remember just him saying the chorus. Where's the orchestra? I remember it being slow and kind of sad now. Hearing it 40 years later, oh my God, 41 years later, I really have a great, deeper appreciation for this song, and I really enjoyed it. However, then when I read what it was about, which is something I didn't know at the time, it, it's stupid.
0: You <laughs> it's, mean what it's what it's actually about, or what, yeah. like what it means? Like no, 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 what
1: it's actually about. Like a guy being in a play
0: being like, "What? where's the fucking music?
1: Yeah. Then I got upset because <laughs> so I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding, right? You really didn't know. And and so I got upset. But it's a very, very beautiful song. And I really like it. Now I can see, you know, you probably do know that there's a beautiful version. And he might have done it for us. Like Julian Villard, when we had him on the show, did he yeah. do that for us? I feel like he did it for us once.
0: I don't remember if he played it for us.
1: Because I remember he said that was his favorite song. And I'm I'm guessing next week, there's no way Paul Lauren doesn't play this song or end the episode without it. No way. Or no at least way. my killer parody version, which we'll hear later. Oh, no. <laughs> but there is <laughs> no way a musician that a, somebody who... Is like a Julian Villard or Paul Lauren, like a, a keyboardist or or somebody with uh, with a passion and slow, for a passion for sh- slow songs and those kind of things. There's there's no way this isn't their favorite song. This I I'm gonna say there's no way this isn't his number one song in the rankings. You think?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, there are some good things on this album, so it's gonna be a tough one.
1: Oh, it's gonna be really fun. But this seems like a perfect musician song, and this was the first when I first heard it. I remember I didn't like it because it was just too slow for me. And, you know, you know how I feel about this kind of stuff. But this is when I feel Danny Vermont told me that he was ending albums just in case it was his last album with these kind of songs. And then I had a greater appreciation even back then. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I really didn't like the song. And I would like to think he played this live when I saw the Nylon Curtain tour. I feel like he, well, you, why don't you tell me? Because I'm curious. I, I didn't see a lot of live performances on YouTube, except, you know, really bad quality ones yeah. from 1982. I think I'm going to say without knowing that he played this every time on the tour.
0: I don't know if this was an every time, but he, he was playing it on the tour and it was the closing song. So he closed out the concerts with this on he that. He
1: closed out the con. That's nuts. That's stu- God. I must've hated but it. It
0: makes sense. Cause I think he was opening the concerts with Allentown and then he's closing it with this. And in between is like some greatest hits and then some songs. Oh, from the, from the nylon curtain. Okay.
1: Wait a minute. Then if he was opening this with Allentown, then that's, what's in my head where I've always said, I mean, this guy, I thought he was opening with something else, right? He, this, he's so amazing. He's opening the nylon curtain tour with his hit. His current smash hit. I I don't know anyone who does that. He realized he had so much. And this is only in 1982. The Strangers five years back. And he's opening with his mega hit song to start the concert. That is balls to the walls.
0: Yeah. And some cases he would play chain gang leading into Allentown. Why? Because it's got that noise. The chain gang. Oh, I
1: see. So then he would end with Where's the Orchestra? So basically, the concert was very much, he made it kind
0: of like the album. Where do you think you saw him in 82? At East Rutherford, New Jersey, or in MSG?
1: I think I saw him at MSG. Let's find that concert. And I definitely saw it.
0: A lot of shows that year.
1: Well, yeah, he was really pushing the album. A lot of people don't know. Like, you know, it seems like, I knew it definitely about the Glass Houses tour. I don't remember the little-known Nylon Curtain tour. You know, it's just a—it's a strange album. The to tour with—I couldn't tell you who I went with. I guess I don't remember.
0: He actually didn't play it at MSG on that tour. The closest you could—if have... If you saw this, it would have been at the show at East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Brendan Byrne Arena.
1: Yeah, the Brendan Byrne Arena. So maybe I saw it there.
0: So on that show, he yeah, opened with Allentown and then closed in the encore the encore was only the good die young and then where's the orchestra
1: i can't believe he ended the show with where's the orchestra that's kind of a bummer leaving the audience you know in a uh oh, that was an odd choice uh i thought i thought the director i thought the actor who played jesus made some odd choices <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a little seinfeld stuff but uh
0: Speaking of Seinfeld, this when you were saying in the intro, like the title of the song, where's the orchestra? I was just picturing Seinfeld be like, where's the orchestra?
1: Where is the orchestra?
0: I thought this was a
1: musical. <laughs> I know. It's really funny that there's a question mark. <laughs> after it. Yeah, I must have seen a Brendan. I saw lots of shows at Brendan Byrne. I used to go there all the time. I missed it was that the day arena. after
0: Christmas. Do you remember seeing a Christmas show?
1: Yeah, that's why I was, that's why I thought maybe it was a New Year's show, but I guess not, huh? It was just the day after Christmas. Yeah. So I can't remember which concert I saw which was the New Year's one. Wait a minute though. I must have so he did tour with The Innocent Man, that cuz I must have seen that show. That wasn't on New Year's, but I saw that show. That's right. I saw so he did tour with The Innocent Man, an Innocent Man tour. There was one, I guess so I can never remember, but I definitely saw him in 1984 or 5 in a box at MSG. Remember I told you I was bringing a towel because I wanted to take a shower. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. He played 67 shows in 84.
1: Okay. So I I did. So that's what I saw at MSG, but I definitely saw the nylon curtain at Brendan Byrne. I guess it's not odd. He wouldn't play MSG. It was a small
0: tour. Yeah. There are only 35 shows in 82.
1: Oh, that's uh, wow. That's really, I guess, I guess he kind of knew the album was strange. I don't know. Or maybe that's when he was going through a bad time. Divorce stuff. and everything. Yeah. And then he was about to have the time of his life yeah. after that. You know what? I didn't know. I thought there were, I, I, I had to read about it and it said the recording was done to separate the stereo playback. So Billy's voice is separate from the orchestra, which is, you know, so it's on two different kind of channels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought there was something wrong with my speakers. Because I, I noticed something was wrong and I kept tapping them. Because <laughs> that's yeah. so old school but so Beatles esque, right?
0: Yeah, those cool little studio tricks where you're like, my mind's playing
1: tricks on me. Yeah, but I hate the problem with those Beatles albums that they did it that way and it doesn't work in this day and age. You know, that 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 the Beatles have their maybe their vocals in one speaker and the orchestra in the next speaker or something like that. It's it's kind of frustrating nowadays.
0: You mean because like the way we listen nowadays, it's not yeah, the same. yeah. We're all, like mostly on headphones or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not the same experience, so it doesn't work as well. But yeah, I definitely noticed the difference and I didn't know there was a reason for it. And I thought that was kind of cool.
0: But, you know, we should probably we were talking about the live, but we should just do all the live stats because we didn't oh, yeah. get to that. So this is I can't this,
1: I can't imagine it's a lot.
0: It's not a ton, it's the 69th most played song. He's played it 27 times. Only once since 2016, which is that one that you could find online where it's February 2020 and uh, Itzhak Perlman comes out and plays it.
1: I saw that. That was funny. He plays Down Easter Alexa. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, what's interesting is in uh, from 2013 to 2014, it was kind of a concert staple. He played it 15 times. Really? In like a 15 month period. And in those shows, what he would do is he would play this leading into Allentown, which makes a lot of sense. Does it? Because you hear the song, you're like, everyone's like, "What the hell is?" Oh, this? right. And at the end, right, you hear yeah, "Allentown," yeah. and then "Allentown" actually starts. Oh,
1: see that. See now, that's the way he should have ended the concert back then, because at least it would leave everybody being like, "Allentown." That's such a strange way to end a concert like that, but I guess it's good, pretty cool to.
0: Well, to, it's kind of like when he used to risk. end with "Souvenir." It's they're both melancholy ending songs.
1: Yeah, well, I don't like leaving a concert that way. I don't need it. clarinet and this I, I, it's noticeable and i liked it and i like the choice
0: yeah it's cool that you had like an actual uh quartet i guess or orchestra type instruments there the whole band isn't on this one at all
1: yeah i i know i spoke to liberty yesterday and he was pretty angry that i mentioned it Yeah. <laughs> so i was reading the lyrics okay and uh, the lyrics are quite interesting wasn't wasn't this supposed to be a musical? You know, I mean, come on. Check, check your program in advance. Here I am in the balcony. How the hell could I have missed the overture? I like the scenery, even though I have absolutely no idea at all what's being said. Despite the dialogue, there's the leading man, the movie star, never faced an audience. I mean, it's the lyrics don't read like a song.
0: Yeah, he said he was experimenting with like not rhyming, like just kind of more like free form lyrics.
1: So to me, when I'm reading, it, it says, "Here I am in the balcony." First thing that came to my mind: What do you think? Here I am, dah, 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 uh, in a state of grace. Oh no, Laura! Here I am, feeling like a fucking fool. Oh, so, that's interesting. So, I then I started reading the rest of it. Do you, I I I I put it to music. Yeah, I want to well, hear the. Where, goes, Where is the <laughs> Laura song? Yeah, let me see if I can get it together. It's like the Facts of Life thing again. Whoa, 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 Here I am, here in the balcony. Oh, how the hell could I have missed the overture and the scenery? Even though I have absolutely no idea at all what's being said. Despite the dialogue, there's the leading man, and the movie star who never faced an audience. Where's the orchestra? After all, this is my big night in town, my introduction. To the theater crowd, I assumed the show would have a song. I was so wrong. Ah. At least I understand all the innuendo irony. I appreciate the role the actors play. Yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) Is that stupid?
0: It was really good, and there's one part that, like, fits. So The word introduction was, like, that fit perfectly.
1: I know. I hadn't gotten it exact. I mean, I probably could have gotten it more even exactly right, but it was just, like, it was, like, that facts of life thing with when in Rome. Like, it just was, like, I was, like, here I am, and and it just, you know, feeling like a fucking fool, and then I was just writing yeah. it down. I'm, like, oh, that'd be funny if it. I'm, like, oh, my God, some of it fits. It was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. You know I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was getting into it. Anyway, I have, if you're ready, breaking news for this song. Breaking news that you can only hear on Billy Joel A to Z. No one has ever discussed this. No one has the answer. The only way we can have the answer, and I bet you he doesn't even know or remember, would be Billy Joel. I think I have uncovered the Broadway show he was at. That caused this song.
0: Okay. This is 41 years later, breaking uncovered news. What is I, it? What is it? I show? got it
1: figured out, Alon. I'm telling you, I know I'm right about this. I did the timeline work. Mm-hmm. He specifically says for this album, he pretty much wrote it in order. So assuming that the album was made in... Like, he put this song together in about March or April of 82. Okay? Because I think, when, when did the album come out? Do you know?
0: Yeah. September 82.
1: Right. Okay. So he records this song, let's just say even in May of 82. It doesn't matter. He's coming up with the rest of the album at this time. There's one show that fits all the criteria that makes it perfect for a guy that has no idea this is not a musical. And it is called Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean. And the reason I mention it is for two reasons. First of all, uh, this uh, is a play, and I think you can see the movie with Cher and Kathy Bates, which came out around this exact same time, 82, 83, uh, directed by Robert Altman, I believe. And it's about a couple of girls working in a Woolworths, which you're too young to remember. They still had them when I was a little boy. And there was like a they were called the five and dime store, kind of Mm -hmm. like a like a five below today or the dollar store, something (laughs) like that. But they had everything. They had a lunch, a cafeteria. You know, I could get a grilled cheese sandwich there. I feel like we've talked about it on the show before with some of our other guests for some reason. So it's about, you know, these girls working at whatever, a Woolworths and stuff. and. What they're talking about, not Jimmy Dean, they're talking about James Dean, which, of course, he put in We Didn't Start the Fire. So obviously, he's interested in James Dean. And it's about these girls that actually have a James Dean club. And that's what they're talking about. And yeah. and he, I think he shot something like the plot is like he shot the movie Giant or something in the town where they live and. Something like that. Or maybe he had the car crash there. I can't remember what is. It doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is that it's called Jimmy Dean. And Jimmy Dean is not only the sausage king of Chicago. (laughs) Who's that guy from uh, Ferris Bueller? Abe Froman. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) So Jimmy Dean, as you know, is the actual guy who makes the sausages. Jimmy Dean sausage. You've probably seen the ads. But he used to be a singer. And he was on the Ed Sullivan show. And if I play for you now, one of his famous songs, A Thing Called Love. I'll play it for you now and then I'll show why it's very possible that Billy Joel kind of worshiped this guy. This is him on the Ed Sullivan show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Six foot six stood on the ground, weighed 235 pounds. But I saw that giant of a man knocked down to his knees by love. He was the kind of man that would gamble on luck, To look you in the eye and never back up. But I saw him cry like a little whip pup because of love. Can't see it with you. So did you notice the whistling and the snapping? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I'm thinking the whistling, of course, he loves in The Stranger. And then, of course, the snapping in uh, The Longest Time.
0: Okay. It's kind of a stretch. I mean, it's it's just whistling. I like whistling He Also, it's a country
1: guy. He seems to love country music. We know he used to watch the Ed Sullivan show nonstop. So it seems to me that a guy who doesn't care about Broadway, who's going to see, oh, come back to the five in time, Jimmy Dean. It's probably going to be a musical about this guy that I know from the Ed Sullivan show named Jimmy Dean. And it opened February 18th, 1982 and closed April 4th, 1982, the exact time when he might have gone to the theater and then wrote this song. Thank you, folks. I'm here all week. What's yeah. up,
0: um, okay, I'm gonna put the odds on this at around twelve percent, but it's not zero percent, so it's not a bad theory.
1: twelve percent you don't think this is like at least a forty five percent chance?
0: here's why because there's no story of Billy Joel saying that this song is based on him going to a play that he thought was a musical.
1: yes, it is no that's what, yes, it is that's
0: what they say that's what he says he's that's what the lyrics are about. he doesn't say that, that actually happened to him
1: i I read that he said it actually happened to him.
0: Oh, okay, well, that's wrong. Then I, I didn't know that.
1: Well, if it's not, where would he even come to? Then this is the stupidest song ever. You could just picture it in your mind, like, no, like going I to the show. and it's, No, uh... I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but this timeline works out. Damn it. Well, we got to get him on to ask him this one. Well, question. now we're going to, now we have to. Well, Liberty might know. Yeah. All right. I got to talk to him. I really did email him yesterday and he wrote back. So maybe I can just ask him this simple question and maybe he'll he'll answer. All right. Then you're going to
0: look stupid. You're like, forget about doing the show. But uh, do you know, uh, Billy (laughs) likes Jimmy (laughs) Dean sausages and also music.
1: And then he'll be like, I want you to lose my email address. Now, when I tell you this, I'm telling you this for real, because I'm going to call the cops. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. And I wanted you to take it to heart. Do not email me ever again.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then people would be like, "Well, you know, you guys should talk to Liberty DeVito." I'm, oh, Dave has a he a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, not allowed. He's not allowed to he's not allowed to come within 10 stro- keystrokes of uh, Liberty DeVito.
0: The length of 10 uh, drumsticks.
1: I'm not even allowed to go to the Lords of 52nd Street concerts anymore. I've been banned from everything. Let me give you a word of advice, okay? I want you to stay away from me. I don't want to talk to you, and I don't want to hear any more of your stupid little notes and suggestions. I don't like you. So, if you've got any other problems, whether it's raisins, prunes, figs, or any other dried fruit, just keep it to yourself and stay out of my way, okay? I was
0: listening to this British interview from 1982, and it was kind of funny, actually. This guy—it was one of these like real quiet radio interviews where the guy's like super subdued. And he goes, where's the orchestra? I listened to it a dozen times. I still don't understand it. <laughs> he just like completely didn't get it. And then Billy's trying to explain the imagery, which isn't that hard to understand, I think. it's Once you hear it once, you're like, oh, I get it. I get what he's trying to say here. This British guy was really obtuse about it.
1: I heard that and the, that we've heard that interview before. And that British guy was a moron who probably never even heard the album before. And quite frankly, weren't even sure if he knew who Billy Joel was. But again, if Billy Joel's explaining the analogy, how could he not say, well, I went to the show and I thought it was a musical? I mean, why, why would you come up with this idea even? It's stupid. He had to have this had to have happened to him. Everything he writes about happens to him. And that's what he talks about. How could he have not gone to a show and had this happen? Where, you, where do you come up with this otherwise? Who does that? You live in New York. We don't it's not like he lives in Iowa. He knows how Broadway works. I could see him falling for that, but I'm saying he knows, you know, it's just stupid.
0: Well, I'll say this. This has never happened to me, but I do always think about it. When someone invites me to a Broadway show, I'm always assuming musical, and then once in a while I'll Google before I go and it'll say it's just a play. And so Alan,
1: i on, that just happened to me a month ago when I saw Life of Pi. I thought it was a musical. It's not a musical. <laughs> so... No, it, did, did you really not know? No, I figured it would be made a musical. Yeah, no, it. it's not a musical. And I, when I looked it up, I was surprised because I'm like, oh, I thought it was a musical. And the girl I took thought it was a musical too. So that's easy to fall for, I guess. But of course, nowadays, you usually look it up and see. So back then you wouldn't and you could fall for that. And I think he would think this would be a musical about this guy from the Ed Sullivan show, the period time period that he worships.
0: I think that this should now be a running gag for you because you go to a lot of shows and whenever you go to a show, it's not a musical. You should start saying the lyrics, look around and be like, wasn't this supposed to be a musical? How the hell could I miss the overture? Am I late? What happened? Like the scenery.
1: Well, it was even better this time when uh, the girl I bought who was very young and the the curtain closed and she's like, what the hell? That was a strange ending, huh? Nothing was resolved. I'm like. It's called intermission, sweetie. It's uh, they have it at every show. She had no idea. No idea. There was more to the show. It was hilarious. half time, baby. Yeah. Then she goes, oh, my God, what's that? And I'm like, it's the balcony. She goes, can we go up there? And I'm like, well, you go up there, sweetie. My knees are hurting me.
0: <laughs>
1: I wish I was I'll, kidding. I'll wave to you from
0: down here. <laughs> they say this is a very Harry Nielsen-esque song. He's the guy who did that song, uh, Lime in the Coconut. Oh, (laughs) But that's not at all like this song No, not at all (laughs) But he did that song, it's called Without You Which you probably know, it's that big ballad That's been covered a million times And that song sounds a lot like this, his version
1: Oh, alright No, I can't forget tomorrow When I think of all my sorrow When I had you there But then I let you go And now it's all feel that i should let you know
0: That same kind of piano.
1: I didn't know who he was, but I certainly know the lime and the coconut, and mostly I, I know it from uh Practical Magic, the Sandra Bullock Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah,
0: of course, <laughs> that's what everyone knows it from. <laughs> Hello, uh, he also did that song Everybody's Talking from Midnight Cowboy.
1: Oh, yeah, wow, okay, so this guy was uh, how do you like that? So he did he these like
0: subdued things. melancholy type of songs that I guess this was this was kind of like, and okay. I think he was like really close with John Lennon, they were like drinking buddies or something
1: interesting yeah makes sense for this album Then, indeed well dave it's time for the trivia
0: portion of the show do you have a stumper for me i got a stumper for you a
1: stumper i tried to put in clues so you'll get it okay because you know you could choose from a lot as you know where's the orchestra (laughs) Ends with a question mark. It, of course, also begins with an adverb helping us to know that it is a question. <laughs> there are a few classic songs that end with a question mark. What's love got to do with it? How deep is your love, etc. Well, here's one for you. Which far out David Bowie song actually ends in a surprising question mark? Space Oddity? No, the clue is the album Kreplach. It's a very bad clue, but you'd have to think it through.
0: <laughs> okay, David Bowie song. The song itself ends in a question mark, not the title.
1: The title of the song ends in a question mark. Yes. And you
0: said far out. Now is you're doing far out as Ed? No,
1: you're you're right there. All
0: right,
1: Sammy Davis Jr. Well, I was doing the Sammy Davis Jr. Far Out, but it's not that way. But it's out there, man. It's far Okay. It's far out. Here's there. my guess.
0: Life on Mars? Yes. Life on Mars question mark. Yeah. Uh that was my next guess after Space Oddity, because I thought the Far Out I thought was a space thing.
1: Right, right. So you got it right. And I said Creplock album because i am think of the red. <laughs> I, oh that was yeah, that's stupid! I know, I know. That's, that's why but, I started thinking Russia when you
0: said that, and that right. throw me off. I was like, "What are his Russian songs?"
1: I, I wasn't trying to throw you off; I wanted you to get it, but I, I didn't know. Yeah, life on Mars is life on Mars. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw that that has a question mark at the end. Well, because the lyrics
0: he says, "Is there life on Mars?" So that makes sense when in the song itself, that song is actually a take on my life. I'm sorry, My Way, My Way by Frank. Oh, oh I was going to say. Not uh, my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I th- the timeline, th- I don't think that works.
0: So, in a way, kind of how like Honesty was kind of like Billy Joel's version of My Way, perhaps, like that kind of strong ballad. This right. was David Bowie's.
1: I don't see My Way in this song at all. But uh, I certainly really enjoy the song Life on Mars. I've been trying to play it on the piano for a couple of years.
0: It's awesome. Great song. It's
1: so awesome.
0: That whole album, really. Hunky Dory, great stuff.
1: Yeah. That was uh my grandfather's name, Papa Dory.
0: Oh, and he was a real hunk.
1: <laughs> he was all right. Ran a shoe store out in Port Thamboy.
0: No. Oh. All
1: right, Alon, do you have a trivia question for me?
0: Yeah, this might be super easy for you, or maybe it'll be completely hard. I don't know. The horn and string arrangements on this song were done by Dave Grusin, who composed what 1970s TV theme song that we have frequently discussed on this podcast?
1: Well, we know he did say it elsewhere, but that's the 80s. It's not the San Pedro Beach Bums. A 70s song. A 70s Dave Grusin song. I worship Dave Grusin. How can I not know this answer? And we've spoke about it on the show. Alice, I'm kidding. There's a new girl in town with a brand new style. I used to sing that on stage. uh, I used to love it. It was different time. Um, (laughs) Early to bed. Early to rise. I'm stuck on Alice. Uh, I I don't. hmm. Is it a drama or a uh, sitcom? The sitcom. Sitcom. Wow. With a leading lady. What, is it Alice? Not Alice. <laughs> it's not Mary Tyler Moore. That's no. Sonny Curtis. And it was a very popular show. It's not Rhoda, is it? It's not. It's not your mom. Oh, oh, that was the eighty. No, that was 80... look. Anyway. If you don't
0: get it right, it ain't no crime.
1: Hmm. You're making a clue. If I don't get it right, it Maud. Yes, he did this. He did the theme. For, oh, ain't no. crime. <laughs> He did the theme to Maude? Yeah, that's him. With our favorite piano part that is from Ain't No Crime? How did uh-huh. we not know that? I don't know. That's weird.
0: Lady Godiva was a freedom rider. She didn't care if the whole world
1: looked. Joan of Arc with the Lord to guide her. She was a sister who really could. Adora was the first bra Ain't you glad she showed up? Oh, yeah And when the country was falling apart Betsy Ross got it all sold up And then there's mod And then there's mod
0: And then there's mod And then there's mod And then there's mod And then there's Maud And That uncompromising, enterprising Anything but
1: tranquilizing right, right on our oh isn't he great he did a lot of stuff (laughs) oh yeah oh i told you i used to work in his office it was amazing i told i told you i told that story instead of a a keyboard he had an actual keyboard on his desk instead (laughs) of a desk he had a keyboard right right instead instead of a keyboard like we use for a computer he had an actual keyboard that was called the keyboard before there was a keyboard (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it was way cool i got to sit in his chair and his desk and stuff was pretty awesome. He was great, so great. He's still I think he's still alive. He's his his, his Yes, he's 89 is, years old. Yeah, he was really terrific. Well, I didn't realize he was around. I mean, I guess I knew he was around the 70s. I just didn't know any of his work started on TV just like uh uh who's the guy that does uh, Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh John Williams. John Williams. Guy started with uh Lost in Space, a lot of 60s stuff and moved his way over to some of the greatest catch rhythms we've ever known in our life lifetimes
0: yeah i mean this guy he also did good times that's a theme everyone knows oh, he did beretta I didn't
1: realize he was so isn't that funny yeah that's definitely uh yeah yeah i guess that all makes sense i'm thinking of the keyboards in my head because he's a big piano guy i was thinking of the keyboards in my head when you're mentioning this stuff wow that's fascinating and like i said saying elsewhere theme which we played on the show before is one of my favorite themes good cool. work
0: Thanks. I was like, oh, you'll know this right away, maybe. But I had to do it because it's mod. Oh, you
1: had to. I love that question. All right, Alon, this is your time to shine. And let's hope it's a good one for Paul Lauren to do. Although I don't know whether we'll want him to do it because we probably want him to end with this. But if it's that good, what do you have today for us for a weird Alon parody?
0: I don't know if it's that good. This is a hard song because there's not an easy rhyme scheme.
1: I don't even know how the song goes. I'm hoping that I
0: remember. And this is actually a a shorter one. I didn't want to do one of these long versions where, you know, the whole
1: song. Yeah. yeah, Because
0: then there's more chances for me to mess up. So this one is called Where'd I Park My Car?
1: Oh, God, that's really bad.
0: So picture like that Seinfeld episode where they're walking around a parking lot in the the garage. That's the whole episode. That's what this song is.
1: Why don't you just call it Dude, Where's My Car?
0: Because I didn't think of that. (laughs) Where'd I park my car? Wasn't it supposed to be right over here? Here I am in the parking lot. How the hell could I forget where I left it? And after the mall is closed, and after the last car leaves, I can't believe I see it there where I parked it. had no more lyrics i want to do the allentown outro
1: oh is that what you were doing i couldn't hear it at all that's i, I, mean, I had
0: a feeling because like with the zoom i know you can't hear so you just see me yeah. doing some weird face for like 25 seconds yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened yeah. it was really right, funny yeah.
1: that was awful and uh <laughs> it started off really good and then it just got worse as it went on except for the ending with the, uh, the allentown thing which is kind of funny <laughs> i can't disagree with you <laughs> it started. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is going somewhere. And then it just I don't, it's not your fault. It's like the way the song goes. It just wasn't I
0: wasn't was going to write favorite. even more of the lyrics. But then I was like, it's all going to be the same thing, though. It's all just going to be like, didn't I park my car? I'm trying to beeper. Where's it? It's not I can't hear it. Yeah. It's going to be stuff like that. So uh, we don't need it.
1: But when you started singing the melody again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this song again.
0: <laughs> At
1: least you yeah. recognized it. That's good. Yeah, I did. No, yeah. I did. You did a good job. Thanks.
0: Well, folks, that was Where's the Orchestra? If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think Dave is right about what play Billy Joel based this off of? Of course I'm
1: right. How dare you even question me? You may be right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's one of his songs. Nice. Do you remember Woolworths? If so you're scary. over sixty, <laughs> shut up. Can you believe Dave didn't know the MOD trivia question?
1: I'm ashamed of myself.
0: And are you mad that Dave didn't mention "Bye Bye Where's My Lady" as a question mark song?
1: I said the official catalog.
0: It's official to me. Damn it!
1: <laughs> Sing "Where's My Lady"? Where's My Lady? <laughs>
0: And remember, folks, this was the last song we're doing from the Nylon Curtain, which means next week is our album wrap-up, so tune in for that. Until fun. then, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Can, Billy Joel A to
1: Z? Appreciate the role
0: Yeah